Welcome to the Gathering at Brock. Thank you for joining us for our series on the gifts of the Spirit. Today's message is by Pastor Jesse Tunnell. If you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, be reading today verses 1 through 10. As you do that, can I bring a couple of things to your attention? Number one, if you weren't here last week, uh, our beloved children's pastor, uh, Lauren Calhoun, just announced publicly her resignation. Uh, she's not mad. She's not upset. She's not leaving. Uh, she just feels like it's a season for her and Clint to really focus on what their family, what God's doing in their family. So we had the ability to just bless her and release her with joy uh, last Sunday. So what does that mean for us not having a children's pastor? In I mean, we are actively praying, searching out. Um, but for the meantime, what that looks like, it, it, you'll have a couple of emails going out uh, this week. By the way, if we don't have your email address, then we don't have the ability to communicate with you. You can fill out a card, write it on a piece of paper, put it in the offering box if you want to get communication from us. We try not to send a lot, just only what's pertinent. Uh, to, not, to not overly bug you. We sent out a couple of emails this week, but what that's going to look like, I just want to give you a full heads up. Um, in the month of February, at least, while we're in the interim process, we only have enough volunteers for the blue and green room. So what that looks like is baby zero through children three years uh, so a four-year-old and up in the month of February is going to be in service with us, okay? So we understand that's going to be an adjustment for some of you whose children are, uh, you know, normally in that age and in children's ministry uh, on a weekly basis. We know that that's going to be an adjustment. We'll all just have grace with one another. We're not worried about movement. We're not worried about sound. I mean, if I can overlook like the 13 people sleeping through service every Sunday, you can overlook the 13 children crying, right? We'll be okay. All right? Um, so that's what, it, that's what it's going to look like for the month of February. With that said, uh, it's an opportunity for you to serve. We need more people who are willing to teach our children, love them, be with them. And what I would love to be able to hand over to our next children's pastor is, here is a myriad of people who feel called by God to once a month be with the children and not, because we get this all the time, I don't want to miss what's going on in the main service to be with the children. I, I would like to see some people raise up and say, the church is going to wish they were over there to see what God is doing in the children and in me and through me with the children. Okay, so uh, we need more volunteers. You can contact any of our uh, email addresses, phone numbers, and let us know. Um, but so for the month of February, parents, bring things to engage your children with. Uh, and the smarter people, uh, mothers that were talking this week would be like, don't uh, bring things to engage your children and let them enjoy worship. And like when it comes time to sit down in the teaching, then engage them with coloring. She, we're going to have some things, but just there'll be some ideas on the email go out this week, but just some things. And it's just a season we're going to have to go through as a church. And we'll be okay, right? It'll be good. <laughs> we'll love each other. We'll have grace and mercy. All right? So that's one thing. Second, the second thing is this. I just want to give you a wholehearted encouragement because I think you're doing an incredible job. I see you guys walking out in revival. Uh, in, in, our, in our church, revival is this, falling in love with the reviver to the point that he awakens us to our God-given purpose. And I'm seeing you just operating in the great, powerful kingdom of God where he's placing you. And I just want to say you're doing a great job. Don't give up. Keep going. This is what revival looks like. I don't believe it's tense and prolonged meetings, even though that may be a part of what God does. Revival looks like you 
being in the kingdom of God right where God has put you and changing the world through it. And you're doing a fantastic job. So good job. Keep going. I love you. It is such a blessing in Jill and I's life. I don't know if you know this, but there were days as a pastor I did not like church nor wanted to go to church. I don't know if you think that that's possible, but it is absolutely possible. But Jill and I love being a part of this fellowship. You are such a joy to us. It is an honor to be around hungry people that love the presence of God and don't settle for the status quo. So thank you. It is our great honor to just be a part of your lives. All right? So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the New Testament church, specifically the church in Corinth, about spiritual gifts. Okay? Verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one is speaking by, no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom to another the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers. Okay, that's where we're going to stop today. Uh, we're going to take a look at healing and the working of miracles as spiritual gifts. Um, we, we, I'm trying to make our way through, but I think adding prophecy to healing and the working of miracles would just be too much to cover today. So if you would just be patient with me uh, as we continue to work through this list. All right. Why are we talking about spiritual gifts at this point in time in our church life? Uh, we absolutely feel that 2022 was a year of feasting at the banqueting table of intimacy with God. And I, I believe we saw that in a, in a marvelous way last year, corporately and privately. Uh, and, I, and maybe this is just for me, but God spoke very clearly to me while we were in India and said 2023 is going to be a year that we begin to feed others with what we face, feasted on. And it's a year that we're going to begin walking more in the fullness of the kingdom of God outside the walls of the church in a fresh boldness and confidence so that the kingdom of God is manifested on the earth, just like Jesus said that we should pray, right? And so uh, we look at the gifts of the Spirit. This is the way that the Spirit is moving and flowing through us to establish a supernatural kingdom on a natural earth. Does that make sense? What did Jesus say? He said, pray in this way. Our Father, Abba, who art in heaven, right? All glory and praise be to your holy name. And pray this, may your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven right? Jesus brought the king. What was Jesus' first message? Repent, which despite how we grew up, literally does not mean turn away from your sin. It literally means change the way you think. Jesus was saying, change the way you think because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. The message of Jesus was this. I've come to change the way you think about the kingdom because I've come to establish it on the earth in your presence. And he did, and he established it with his disciples. And then he said to his disciples, I'm conferring a kingdom on you that my Father has conferred on me. And then his mission to the New Testament church was establish the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And so that's our job. Our job is to bring the kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven, to the earth until we see the king face to face. Yes? Are we in agreement on this? The purpose of our life is not to get saved, 
get out of hell and do our best to be a good person and amass all the riches of the world so we can leave an inheritance to our children. I know that that's the American way, but it's not the kingdom. It's not the kingdom. I would like us to have proper perspective when we look at this passage. The micro context is the Apostle Paul teaching the New Testament church about the gifts of the Spirit. But put that inside of all of Corinthians in the macro context of the Scripture, and it's this. The, the gifts of the Spirit are opportunities to release the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. This is what the, whole, the Lord was speaking to me. I, I, I want to uh, just share this with you. I wrote it down as the Lord was just speaking to me. Spiritual gifts are not objects to be gained. They are evidence, the natural overflow of a relational fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We need to change the way we think about the gifts of the Spirit. These are not objects, right? They're not objects to be gained, things that we're going to take from the Lord, right? The gifts of the Holy Spirit are what? The manifestation of the Spirit, right? It says to each one, the Spirit manifests these things. Because the gifts of the Spirit are not these objects apart from the kingdom of God that are just exchanged. They are the very vessel of the Holy Spirit through the believer to bring the kingdom of heaven. That's a different way to think about it. And, and, and we are a culture in which we like things all uh, neat and tidy and boxed and tied up with a ribbon. And here's A, B, and C and subletter A, B, and C to A, B, and C. And th this is how we want it, right? But you understand that the Hebraic culture and the kingdom of heaven and, and the scriptures are all about communion, relationship. Do I want to be a part of a church that's operating in every single gift of the Holy Spirit on the earth and breaking wide the kingdom of heaven? Absolutely. But I don't want it to be of a list of things we do. I want it to be because we are in love with Jesus and so filled with the Spirit of God that the gifts of the Spirit are the natural overflow ever go. That when we're at work, we don't go, God, I need this gift right now. We're like, boom, God, here's a problem. Let the answer flow. Because the river, because rivers of life are flowing out of my spiritual belly. And by this, Jesus meant the Holy Spirit whom they were to receive. John 7, 37, 38. Right? It's a natural overflow. Spiritual gifts are not the focus. They're just vessels to release the kingdom into the earth. Right? Now, I, I realize for this series, we're focusing on spiritual gifts, right, in the Scripture. But do you, do you get my heart here? The focus is not the gifts. We're going to learn about them because Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about them. So we're going to learn about them. But the focus is not the gifts. They're just vessels for the love of God, the power of God, and the Holy Spirit of God to be released on the earth. Two weeks ago, we talked about words of wisdom, uh, the word of knowledge, and the gift of faith. Today, we're going to be looking at the gift of healing and the gift of miraculous powers. So let's do, let's read this again, uh, starting in verse 7. Uh, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, gifts of healing, all right? If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Uh, the Greek word here for healing is iama, iama, and if you take that word to its root here in the language, it literally means to cure, to heal, to make whole. To cure, to heal, and to make whole. When we look at healing in the scripture, both Old Testament, the life of Jesus, 
and the operation of the gift of healing in the New Testament church, I would like to take a look at some biblical purposes of healing. All right? We're going to take this from the scripture. Three biblical purposes of healing in the scripture. These are really important as we begin to operate in this gift or as we continue to operate in this gift for many of you. Biblical purposes. Number one, the biblical purpose of healing is compassionate relief for the individual. This cannot be overstated because I think it's just been my experience that for many people operating in the flow of the Holy Spirit and through the gifts of the Spirit, there is often such a battle mentality that when sickness comes up in a person, it's often seen as a task to overcome, right? But Jesus did not operate that way. How did Jesus operate in the area of healing? What does the Bible say about him multiple times? Do you remember? What? He, and he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Uh, I mean, looking at the scriptures here, uh, we could turn to uh, Matthew chapter 9. Uh, let's just do that. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 36. And Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. As you read uh, the Gospels, you'll see Jesus operating out of compassion uh, numerous times, it's the way that he operated. Why? Because God is love and he is the image of the invisible God. And that's why the Apostle Paul in chapter 13, he makes such a big deal about love. You know, he, you know, he talks about, you know this passage, you can speak in the tongues of angels and you can prophesy all the things of heaven, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. Why? Because Jesus was not task-driven. He was love-driven. He came because he loved. Now, did he have task? Was he on a mission? And did he accomplish those? Absolutely. But his substance is the same substance as God the Father, the Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. He is love. 1 John 4. He is love. And so as we, as we operate in healing, may we understand the biblical purpose is actually compassionate relief for people who are hurting. That's what Jesus went around doing. He wasn't like, oh, this will be a good one they'll write about for a long time. I don't think that was the motivation of his heart. As he's walking, he sees a man with a shriveled hand. Or he sees a cripple or he sees a blind person, and he's moved with compassion, and he says, you know what? My God desires to relieve them of this, and so by the power of the Spirit, he operates in the gift of healing and provides relief for their pain, whether it be emotional pain, physical pain, or most of the time, both, right? So we need to understand that that is a biblical purpose of healing. Does that make sense? This week when you encounter sickness in someone's body or, or an issue and, and the Holy Spirit begins to move in your heart to operate in this gift, check your heart that it's not about beating something or accomplishing something, but see them for who they are, harassed, and be moved with compassion. Make sense? All right. Second biblical purpose of healing, expression of Yahweh's personal knowledge and love for that individual. I love this as we see this, not just through Jesus in the Gospels, but as we see this in the Apostles, 
as we see it uh, in the 72 others that weren't apostles, the deacons that operated in this gifting uh, in the New Testament, what we see is that God moves through the gift of healing to bring an understanding to people. God sees you. He knows you. He sees you. And he loves you. And that's such an important part as we begin to operate, or as some of you continue to operate in a fuller way in the gifts of the Spirit. Because it's the manifestation of the Spirit. And what's the purpose of the Spirit according to Romans 5, 5? That God would pour out his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? Like what if we took a, a step back and we're like, wow, these gifts are not nearly as complicated as I thought. What if they're just me walking in fellowship with a God who loves me, filled with His Spirit, and as I see a need, the love of God is flowing through me to meet the need, a heavenly answer for any earthly problem that I encounter this week. And He can use any gift at any time to accomplish His kingdom purposes. Right? When I look at this expression of Yahweh's personal knowledge and love, I look at when Jesus healed the leper, right? What's the leper's cry out to Jesus? Jesus, if you are willing, you can heal me. What's Jesus' reply? I am willing. Like you get it, right? The leper, no one could touch him. He couldn't worship. He couldn't sleep in his home. He couldn't be around family. He had to yell out unclean when anyone even got close to him. And here Jesus comes and he says, I am willing. And he reaches out and he touches the leper. And not only is he physically restored, he's restored in every aspect of his life. And that is the kingdom purpose with healing. Because how many of you know the bodies are still going to waste away? Unless we see Jesus, every one of us are going to see decay at some point in time in our lives. Right? So healing can't just be about the here and now. It's a gateway. It's the love of God being expressed to a person so that their heart becomes open to a God that sees them in the midst of need that radically changes their life forever. We look at Ananias, right? Ananias, mentioned three times, but they're three completely different men in the, in the New Testament. Ananias. So here's this man, only mentioned once. We have no other knowledge about him, so that he's living in this city. The uh, Saul has been encountered by Jesus. He's struck blind. He's staying at uh, the house, right? And so the Spirit of God comes to Ananias and says, Go lay your hands on Paul that he would be healed of his blindness and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So here's this guy. No name, not an apostle, not a deacon, not one of the twelve, not listed anywhere else in Scripture, says yes. He goes to the house, he finds Saul, he puts his hands on him, he says, Brother Saul, I've come to bring sight and the Holy Spirit. He lays his hands on him, scales fall off Saul's eyes, his sight is restored and he's filled with the Spirit of God. And then, as you know, set on a fire course to change the world forever. Compassionate relief for the individual, expression of Yahweh's personal knowledge and love for the individual. And thirdly, as a testimony of God's power for the corporate glorification of himself. We see this in Acts chapter 3 with Peter and the cripple, right? He turned his gaze toward him and said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, right? The man experiences the healing of God in that moment. And then read the scriptures. 
for the next several cha- uh, chapters, like the whole Jewish culture is turned upside down with this cripple who got healed. And he ends up being a testimony to the entire city and an entire arena region gets riled up, some good and some bad, to hate Jesus. But there's impact, corporate glorification of Jesus through this healing. So as we are... Uh, as we come in contact with opportunities to operate in the gift of healings, let's remember, I want to be compassionate towards this person because Jesus wants them relieved of their pain. And God wants them to know that he loves them, he knows them, and he cares about them. And also, when God operates in power through this, all glory is going to be to his name. Right? It's an intentional effort that we make. Jesus will get all the glory. Right? Does that make sense on biblical purposes of the gift of healing? Compassionate relief, expression of God's knowledge and love, and a testimony of Yahweh's power for the corporate glorification. We see this uh, when Jesus sends out the 72 others in Luke chapter 10. These are unnamed, unnamed people, not the 12 disciples. You see why I make a purpose talking about that? Because I grew up in a religious institution that said all of the gifts of the Spirit died with the apostles. It's over, it's done. That was just to establish the New Testament church. And I don't know why I was so ignorant of the scriptures to buy that hook, line, and sinker then why is the Apostle Paul writing about it in 1 Corinthians 12 to the church? I mean, come on, work with me. But then I always make it a point, man, the 72 others, these are not the apostles, these are not the disciples, these are knuckleheads like you and I trying to follow Jesus to the best of their ability, and he gathers them together, and he sends them out with his power, and they heal the sick, they raise the dead, they cast out demons. And everywhere they go is corporately impacted by the power of God. Uh, I've asked Danny just to come uh, give a testimony about healing um, because I think it's just such a joy and because Danny's such a good-looking guy. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Jill. Uh, I don't really remember the time frame, but it was a couple of years ago. It was actually my son, Eli. He, um, we don't know how he hurt himself, uh, but he had this pain in the bottom of his foot. Uh, and we, and I talked to a doctor, and he goes, yeah, that's like a common injury, and it can take a while, et cetera, to get over. And it was really bothering him. He was limping around everywhere. And uh, I was actually, I, I don't remember when God brought it to mind, but we were in the building next door, just kind of sitting around the stage, and God brought it to my mind is like, hey, um, will you, or basically saying, hey, will you ask Brad to pray for him? And, you know, Brad had been testifying about some uh, ministry that he was doing to folks in India, even virtually, like through, uh, you know, video chatting. And so, uh, so basically, I said, hey, Brad, I was like, Eli was sitting right beside me. I was like, Eli's been dealing with this pain for a while, and I just, you know, felt led to ask you to pray for him, and so, uh, so basically, you know, I think uh, nothing special about Brad, we love him, but he would say it's nothing about him, and, and actually, in, in Acts chapter 3, whenever uh, Peter and John are testifying about that guy that got him healed at the gate, he says clearly, he goes, man, you're looking at us like this is some power that we have in ourselves or some godliness we have in ourselves." you got it wrong, and then he starts testifying about Jesus. So Brad just real simply just lays his hands on Eli's uh, foot and his leg, I think his foot, and just, you know, basically just uh, says, be healed in Jesus' name. And so Eli, uh, he didn't expect any of this. In my mind, it's, I was kind of prepared, but he just, like, he he is healed instantly, and he just is filled with tears, like tears of thanks, tears of joy, like, God loves me. It was really powerful. I think Brad was blown away by it as well. He was kind of touched. He was like, wow, you know what I mean? But it was just really special in terms of like the fact that um, I like, I just sensed that it was, he was going to be healed right there in that moment. And we just joined in faith in the name of Jesus, just believed for it. God did it. And it was amazing. So
Sorry. Hey, son, yay or nay? I know I asked you, but it was two weeks ago. Do you want to come pray for the people? What? Yes. Okay. Would you come? Um, my son, Adam, uh, since from a young age, has operated in the gift of healing. Most recently, I was wrestling with my daughter, uh, and she gave me a good kick, and I went to block it with this hand, and I I think I broke this knuckle because it was like three months ago. It's still stolen in uh, a lot of pain. But the day before we went to the India trip, the day before, I'd, I'd, we had been wrestling weeks earlier. But for some reason, this finger swole up to where I couldn't move it, intense pain, and I was going on you know, 48 hours of travel the next day. My finger was turning purple at the end all of a sudden. And uh, I know my son operates in this gift, so I just went up to his room and I said, hey, buddy, man, I really need some, I need to be able to go on this trip, you know. And uh, he said, okay. And so he said, I just released, I released the seeds of faith into your body right now that they would grow into the fullness. And I woke up completely healed. And, uh, and God's done that numerous times, uh, so I know he has that gift in you, son, and I love that about you. So basically what I'm, I've asked uh, Adam to do freely, he's received freely give. Anybody who wants to operate more fully in the gift of healing, I'm just going to encourage you to stand up right now, be your testimony of your desire to operate in the gift of healing. If you don't, don't worry about it. No manipulation, no pressure. Just saying, I would like, and by the way, it is legal. It is legal. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. It is legal to eagerly desire these gifts, okay? All right. So uh, I'm just put my hands out as a posture of receiving from the Lord. You do whatever you want. And Adam, would you just pray for us a second? Because you got to hold it up to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Um, thank you for all that you've given us. Um, and all that you've given me personally. Uh, I'm super thankful, and I pray that you would, um, I ask that you would take it and that you would, um, you'd give it to the, the people here, that you would touch each of them in their own um, unique way with um, the gift that you've given me, or, yeah. Um, Father, help show them that, um, show them how to use it, um, when to use it, um, I pray that you would grow in their their proficiency and um, in the gift of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, son. Amen. You can be seated. We spent a couple of minutes looking at the gift of working of miracles. My scripture, uh, I mean, my version of the scripture calls it miraculous power. That's actually a poor translation. Because it's two Greek words, uh, the working of miracles. Uh, energeo, obviously we get the word energy from. It means to be active, to put into effect, to show forth, to be mighty in. And then the word for miracles is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. And it literally means force, miraculous power, ability, strength, mighty, wonderful works. So this gift is the gift of putting into action the mighty power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ into the earth. So the working of miracles. It is a spiritual gift here. Um, let's see, uh, in my notes, showing forth the mighty strength and power of God to establish his kingdom and give him glory. All right, biblical examples of... Um, of different kinds of miracles that we have in the scriptures, uh, healings, casting out demons, raising the dead, uh, supernatural boldness. Can't read my own writing, sorry. Uh, we have in the scriptures the Apostle Paul sending out his handkerchief, which was able to heal individuals that were sick. We have uh, Peter and John, that their shadow or the presence of God on them, merely walking by people, people were healed. We had Philip, supernatural Philip, who was a deacon whose job was to feed bread to neglected widows, and then by persecution was spread and began to operate in miracles. We have Philip was transported miraculously from one place to another. 
Uh, we have miraculous escapes, like where Peter and John are uh, in prison. No, Peter specifically in prison. And it says that the Spirit got him up, let him out prison, and the prison gates opened themselves. Right? Miraculous escape. We have miraculous perseverance, like when uh, Stephen had preached the gospel and stirred up the religious spirits of the Pharisees in such a way that they began to stone him. And it says he looked up into heaven and saw the presence of God, was overwhelmed with God, and said as he was being stoned, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. That's supernatural perseverance, right? So all these things uh, are miraculous works of God that we see uh, in the New Testament church being operated. Of course, Jesus, we have all of those that we just talked about, but in addition, we have the multiplication of food, the creating of wine, walking on water, authority over physical weather, putting an ear back on. It's pretty miraculous. Remember when Peter cut off the servant's ear, Jesus put it back on. Miraculous provision the Jesus and the disciples owed taxes you remember this and Jesus said go catch a fish the first fish you catch there'll be a coin in its mouth pay taxes with it can anyone say amen to that one miraculous <laughs> miraculous tax payments I'm receiving in Jesus name all right I'm not joking uh, okay so uh, so we have all these things these are miraculous works all right I feel tension in the room right now. That's okay. It's all right. I realize this stands in the face of a religious spirit that says you can talk about these things and believe them, but you can't operate in them because you're not them. And that's a lie. That is not a biblical truth. All right. And I just want to show it to you. Can we turn? Can we read? Words in red from John chapter 12. You know it's a passage that I thoroughly enjoy. Sorry, John 14, verse 12. We'll start in 11. I'm sorry, John chapter 14. I want to start in 11 because I want you to see the context of the words Jesus says, right? John 14, 11. Is anybody else, is your Bible in red words? These being the words of Jesus? Okay. He says, believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. The context is miracles. Dunamis. Right? Verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I'm thoroughly convinced that we have a generation that is deeply doubting the existence of God because they're produced from a generation that did not demonstrate the power of God. Because how many of you have been touched by the power of God? Then no atheist is going to be able to reason it out of you, are they? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the finest sounding arguments. Once you've been touched by God, nothing Nothing will change your course. Once you've seen the power of God in operation, once you've been in India and watched blind eyes become clear right there and legs grow back, <laughs> legs grow longer, and, and once you see deaf ears opened, it, I don't care who you are, you'll never convince me that the power of God is not real and legitimate and miracles don't work today. You just never will. So I'm not afraid of religious spirits because I used to be one. And I'm not concerned about getting them riled up because greater 
in us than out there in the world, right? We have to get past this concept that is rotting the heart of the church that says to be a Christian is to love Jesus, but you can never be like him. What a crock. It robs us of everything. No, he was who he was and he did what he did because not only did he make it available, he expects us to bring the image of Jesus to the earth. Listen, the working of miracles is not set aside for TV evangelists. It's for you, every day, everywhere you go. And miracles aren't always raising the dead, amen? They are both big and small, one time and continuous. It is the miraculous power of God working through you as a vessel of the Holy Spirit to affect supernatural change in people's lives. And they need it. They need to see it. Don't be selfish. You are touched by the power of God and you're forever convinced. That's what they need. So don't hold it back. Don't hold it in. Don't be selfish because you're afraid what it's going to look like if you fail or if you're going to look like a fool or if it's not going to happen the way you wanted. How selfish is that? Go boldly in the gifts of the Spirit because it's not about you. There's a whole world that wants to see the kingdom of heaven come to earth in reality. What does the scripture say? The whole world is groaning. What? For the revelation of the sons and daughters of God on the earth. You get it, right? This whole turmoil, we had a four-star general announce that by his prediction we will be at war with China in 2025 this week. We got all these crazy things and all the, the world's gone crazy. Why? Everything's shaking with a groaning spirit. Why? Because they don't know what they need to see. And what it is, is the sons and daughters of God walking in the fullness of God's kingdom on the earth. You understand, it's the only hope for the world. Jesus is not going to split the skies until he comes back as a judge. He's not going to go, well, you guys weren't really doing it like I thought, so plan B. I'm going to come and do this again. It's not going to happen. We are the plan of God to save the world. Look at your neighbor right now. That person is the plan of God to bring the kingdom of heaven to the world. It's not for preachers. It's not for paid for professionals. It's not for evangelists on TV. Every believer Every believer is tasked with bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. And the working of miracles is just one more avenue. It's God's idea. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. It's God's idea, and he calls it a gift. Why, why, why are we so freaked out about the tongues, so freaked out about the miracles, because they, they challenge our intellect? He confounds the wise. And uses those who will humble themselves to change the world. Let's get over ourselves. It doesn't matter what we think about his gifts. They're his. They're his power operating in us for his purposes. So just say yes. Just say yes. That's all you got to do. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to manipulate it. You don't have to make it happen. It's him. All you have to do is say yes. Be a vessel. All right. I think that's enough of that. I would, uh, I would like to ask uh, the garrisons, if they don't mind coming, they're going to testify, bring a testimony of just miraculous powers they see, have seen operating. Do you like the testimonies? I think it's good just to hear from people other than me. I know you're tired of that. So if you guys just share from your heart, and then we'll close with prayer. Awesome. Yeah, this goes right along with what we've been talking about this week with sharing um, we're going to share just a couple, two or three. Is that all right? Some short stories. Um, so yeah, I, I love testimonies. Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when we get together and, and Jesse allows us to do this and stir each other up, 
prophecy, it's saying we get to do it again, right? We get to get encouraged and, and go out and expect that in our own day-to-day life. Um, and these testimonies that we're going to share are just like from our own family life. Not, you know, we, we've got cool ones from Africa we'd love to tell you about or Abby in Israel, but these are like right here in Weatherford, Texas testimony. So the best ones. Um, and there's a lot of kids here. So kids, who here has ever built a tree house before? Any hands up? Dads? Yeah, okay, got a few. Might need to work out on our uh, tree house building skills here. Like I thought we'd have like half the audience here. But okay, so I'm at my parents' house. We haven't bought our home yet. And I thought, I'm gonna build my kids a tree house in my parents' backyard. Parents are like, okay, yeah, sure, go for it. I don't have a truck. So like every dad with a minivan, I test the limits and I fill it completely up with lumber and I drive this minivan in the yard, my parents' beautiful St. Augustine grass, and I have it parked there. We start unloading all the lumber. Uh, Jed loves this story. It's such a good story. And we get all the lumber out. We start building the treehouse. And then I'm like, okay, I need to move this van before my parents get back. I feel bad. This is like really nice grass, and you can already see the tire marks. I'm going to get the van out. And so I start looking for the keys to the van. I can't find them anywhere. We pull everything out of the van. Like, we clean this van out completely. No keys. I look in my pockets. I go into the house. Look everywhere. Has anybody, like, ever lost a key before? And it just... It's like it, it bothers you in a, a spiritual way almost. And Jed, my, my eight-year-old son, comes up to me and says, Dad, have you asked the Holy Spirit where the keys are? I'm like, no. Okay, Jed, let's, let's pray. So we pray. Holy Spirit, please show us where the keys are at. Jed says, oh, I think I know where they're at. I think they're on the front seat of the van. Guys, like we completely clean this van out like to the point where there's nothing I mean owner manuals everything is out of this van we go up to the van right on the front seat of the vehicle is a key sitting like it was just placed there by heaven so that we have no doubt that that was the Holy Spirit just making a key appear where it was probably lost for the ages Um, so that's just a, a it seems small but there's no such thing as a small miracle of God. There's no such thing as a, a small supernatural testimony. Um, and that's how it works in our day-to-day supernatural parenting. <laughs> okay. So back in the day when we were like super duper duper tight on money and Wes would ride his bike to work because he said it was for health reasons, but we had no gas money. So <laughs> he was getting a great workout, but it was it was tight. Um, there was one day I was just thinking, just thinking in my mind, oh, I really wish I had the Peter Rabbit series books to read to my kids, and I don't have it. And I totally forgot about that thought. The next day, I had one of my grandma's friends call me, and she said, Abby, I have a gift I want to give to your boys. Can I come over and bring it? And I was like, sure. And she brings over the full collection of the Beatrix Potter (laughs) Peter Rabbit books for my kids. And she's like, I was going to bring it yesterday, but I couldn't. I was like, okay, the day I think that thought, the Lord provided it. (laughs) Seriously, there were some crazy stories. Another one. During that same season, we were tight financially. I was like, Lord, my kids really need some new clothes. And we don't have the money to get clothes right now. That day, our neighbor knocks on the door and said, hey, we're getting rid of a bunch of our kids' clothes. You want a couple boxes? And I was like, are you kidding me? And they had the exact sizes we needed. They were super nice. And I was just like, okay, Father. And he was like, they're my kids more than they're your kids. And I said, you're a good father. (laughs) So we have a lot of testimonies like that. Another one, I went 15 miles on empty. (laughs) Maybe it was 20. But I was was like, Lord, get me there. And he did. There was just miracle after miracle like that, where it's just provision, a good papa. So uh, what was that one? Yeah, Uh, last one. All right, so this was just like last week. I'm praying, we're doing this Bible reading challenge, reading my Bible, 
and I'm working at the same time too, because when you work remote, anybody work remote? That's, you can kind of do those things, get away with it. So I, um, I hear the Lord say, Wes, your friend who works with you is about to give you a call, and he's going to tell you he got a new job offer, and you are to be excited about it. Which I thought was funny, like, God, like, don't you think I would, do I really need you to tell me I need to be excited? Like, am I that, like, I guess I just really enjoy working with his friend, so he needed to tell me, right, you know. And so, literally, as he says that to me, um, my phone rings. And my friend, it's my friend Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, um, this is kind of strange, but I just got this out of the blue job offer, and I just felt like I was supposed to call you and hear what your thoughts were on it. Well, I know you got it because God just told me that, and I think you're supposed to take it. <laughs> so I think like it, it works everywhere, right? The supernatural is not something we're like, God, give us the supernatural. Like, yeah, we're eager for it, but um, we're just earnestly pursuing Him, and it just flows out in our life and in our kids' lives. So, yeah, with some testimonies. So we're going to close the service in this way. If you are just saying yes to the working of miracles, big and small, all for his glory, you're just saying, yes, I would like to be a more useful vessel in that way for the kingdom. Why don't you just stand? Seriously, no hype necessary. Don't worry about if you don't feel led to, don't. It's no manipulation whatsoever. And we'll just receive from the Lord as Wes prays and then we'll be dismissed. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're here in our midst right now. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you are a good, good father that has good gifts for his children. That if we desire good gifts for our children, then how much more do you desire wonderful and abundant gifts for us? So Lord, I just pray right now that every, everyone in this room would see you in a new way. They would experience your father, your fathership in a new way. That they would experience being a son in the kingdom today. And that means receiving the gifts that you have for them. So we bless everybody here in Jesus' name. I bless this week to be filled with your spirit, with your supernatural occurrences that can happen and that will happen. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 Have a good week. Uh, if you want to come back tonight at 6, we'll be talking about the practical application of these gifts, uh, prayer for them, and operating in them. 6 p.m. in the Children's Building. Have a wonderful day.